feel the need, the need for speed. And welcome back to the Top Gun Minute, your daily podcast where we talk about the 1986 movie Top Gun, one $25,000 minute at a time. I am your pilot, Brian Kaboom Boucher. I'm your Rio, Roger Cooter Wistar. It's Friday, end of our first week. Uh, we made it through the whole week, Brian. Can you believe it? I know. How many more weeks do we have to go? 21. Only 21? Wow. 21 See, weeks. It's much more efficient when you do these things five minutes at a, five minutes per week. Mine is only yeah. three minutes, and yeah. I feel like I've been recording it forever. Yeah, it's 110 minutes total. So. That is a that is a tidy movie. I'm going to say for the amount of action in this movie, that's a tidy 110 minutes. Yeah. But- Tell us about this minute, Brian. Well, minute five starts with a nice F-14 taking off of the carrier. Very cool little shot. And it ends with Maverick saying, hey, Cougar, you hear that? So this is our first minute where sort of like plot happens. <laughs> yeah, we have dialogue. This, uh, there's dialogue. Um, the movie actually starts in this minute. But before we get to the dialogue, yeah. can I just point out the first thing I noticed in this minute? Sure. There's a sign on the flight deck. I don't yes. know if you noticed this as well. It says, I did. beware of jet blast, propellers, and rotors. Yes, sir. So I appreciate the fact that everybody else on the deck of the Enterprise seems to realize that yeah. it's as dangerous a place as I think it is. Yeah. What other safety signs do you think there should be? Uh, beware of Val Kilmer's big teeth. <laughs> yeah. And, and those uh, no handrails, Also we talked about. Uh, duck. <laughs> generally i mean isn't that the case like half the time if you're not careful you're just gonna hit your head on yeah, something yeah yeah should they worry about goose duck duck and goose <laughs> yeah make sure cockpit is up oh, we'll get to that yeah. yeah please be careful when ejecting uh fod fod warning what's that fod warning i don't For- know what that means you're gonna that's tell a, me that's a foreign object detection oh, which or okay. deb- foreign object debris you know, little particles that could get sucked up into an engine and make it go kabooey. Oh, yeah. We'll get to that, too, I guess. Hey, yeah. I got a question for you, Brian. Sure. So this is our first of, I guess, two moments in the movie where we're going to get, like, on-screen title card. Uh-huh. This one is the one that says Indian Ocean Present Day. Yes. What do you think about these title cards? Well, it's weird because, like, basically straight out of the script, that's what you would see, a scene heading. And it has a period. After the Indian it's got Ocean. Two peri- it's got two periods. And neither yeah. one of these things are sentences. Right. I guess my question is, if you take away this uh, subtitle, does it diminish your enjoyment of the movie or understanding of what's happening? No. Me no. neither. So I, I don't exactly understand why they feel the need to give us this precious nugget of information. I don't know either. All right. But, I just wanted to ask. But, but hey, you remember that $25,000 thing I was talking about yeah, a few minutes is, ago? This is a great shot. Yeah. This... I'm supposed to say that. That was my Anthony Edwards impression. <laughs> uh, yeah. So this, this shot is of the full aircraft carrier, a plane landing at the same time as this Indian Ocean present day card shows up. The story behind that was they were setting up for this shot. The United States Navy was on maneuvers, you know, in real life. As they were setting up, the captain of the ship decided to turn the ship Tony Scott loves the sun backlighting everything. 
Well, he's not the only one. I mean, this so this is a golden hour shot. Right. Uh, which but, a lot of directors like to do. So they're setting up for the shot, and then you know the boat turns, and the sun gets out of the shot, and Tony Scott's freaking out. So he calls captain's desk, and uh, what's going on? Why, why, why are you moving the, the ship? He says, we're on maneuvers. We have to move it. You know, we're going in this direction. And he said, how much would it cost to turn the ship back around so I can get my shot? And they did some calculating, and captain said $25,000, which basically covers the amount of fuel that it would take to turn the ship back around. Okay, quick question. Do you think that's actually how much it cost? Or do you think that the captain of the ship was just basically trying to make him a godfather offer and just give him a number that was so ludicrous that no one would be even able to like comprehend? That's what I figure. That's what I but, think so too. Okay. Yeah, so I thought fin- it was it was messing with him. Finish the story. <laughs> so Tony Scott got his assistant to go to his bunk where he was sleeping out on the boat while they were filming, got his checkbook. <laughs> And Tony Scott wrote out a check and sent it up to the captain's office or the, where he was on the ship. <laughs> and the captain turned the boat back so he, for five minutes so he could get this shot. I and, love that story. What, yeah. what yeah. a baller move. $25,000 for Tony Scott, too. I mean, I know he, you know, you've got him out there making sob commercials. But like this is his, this is his first movie of really any commercial success. Yeah, because the one and, before this was The Hunger with David Bowie, which right. was kind of a flop. So, you know, $25,000 is a lot of money. Um, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, looking at this shot, totally worth it. Good job, Tony Scott. Yeah, I definitely couldn't write a check for 25000 Apparently, he couldn't either because it bounced. What? Wait. <laughs> no, you're kidding, right? No, that's what Tony Scott says. It bounced. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm I guess, sure, I, I'm, I guess sure, I'm sure the studio ended up paying for it in the long run, but I guess you have the security of writing a check to someone if they really are in the Indian Ocean or wherever it is. Like they're not actually going to have to try to get that check filled until they come back to port. Obviously, they wasn't in the Indian Ocean. They were actually somewhere off the coast of California at the time. I wonder what it felt like for the captain to get his bluff called in such a such an amazing way. Like, yeah. like, like, what do you do at that point? You're like, well, you know what? For that, it's actually going to cost us 50 now. <laughs> no, that is, that is a great story. I've heard that story before we started working on this movie. I've heard that story and it's just as great. Oh yeah, every time. Can we talk oh. about my man, Dave? So that's the next, the next thing we see, right? So um, we've got this guy. He's walk- So what part of the, sh- of the ship do you think we are walking through right now? I'd say it's below deck. That's, were, uh, that's 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 what I've my research I found. They were below deck. So you are you were right to correct me on that. I do see a bunch of people looking at what seem to be radar scopes. So perhaps uh-huh. this is sort of like the the radar center. God, I sound like an idiot. Um, <laughs> but so if, if I listen correctly, it seems like the guy we see walking through is named Dave, and the first guy he runs into is named Scott, and then there's uh, someone uh, after him who sounds like his name is Wells. And I have written down in my notes here, Dave certainly seems like a jolly fellow. I don't know if his name's Dave, though. Oh, no, it is. I know his name is Scott. No, Scott, Dave is the guy coming through the door. Scott is the person that he he claps on the shoulder and says hi to. Oh, well, I I have uh, Scott saying, good morning, Vince. What? Yeah, Vince. I I, I looked in the closed captions. Oh, you watch this with subtitles? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, his name is Vince. 
Well, who? Uh, okay, so so and who is Scott? Uh, I have Scott as the one walking through the door. Oh, that's Scott. Interesting. Yeah, and he's, he's saying hi to someone he, named Vince. He says, "Good morning, Vince." And the Vince says, "Good morning, Scott." And then Scott says, "Morning, Wells." Oh, I don't know where I got Dave from. Then must be just me hallucinating. <laughs> okay, I but, see. I see Scott in the credits, whose name so, is actually Scott. Uh, and it to me is weird because I mean, Vince and Scott could be first names or last names. And you know, it's a military. You all go by last names. Well, if the credits are accurate. I think that he is actually named Scott because in the credits, there's a guy named Scott Crambeck, who I believe is our name, Scott. I think it's possible that the second guy who is also uncredited has -hmm. the name Frog. Uh, That's very possible. I I couldn't, I couldn't tell who Frog was. Because there's, there's three guys listed in the credit. There's Scott, who will always be Dave to me, (laughs) followed by Frog, followed by a guy named Radio Man. Right. Who I think is our man Wells. Could be, yeah. Hey, guess where this was actually filmed? Oh, I, so I was going to ask you a question about that. Okay, well, tell, so tell me. This is actually not on the USS Enterprise, which is the name of the aircraft carrier they're filming on. Uh, this is actually in the interior of the USS Ranger. Oh, so this is actually the inside of a ship, though, not yeah, a soundstage that they built somewhere. That is correct. Because I said here, I mean, I don't know about you, this room seems, it almost seems a little roomy. From what I've my research says, it's very cramped. This seems and, almost kind of spacious. Yeah, but you're telling me this is another ship, so it's not yeah. like they faked a ship. No, they in Hollywood. They, nope, they actually went to a, a different ship and to do it. And I think it was because it had more room in it to where they can get cameramen and the directors. You know, all your sound people could be in there and have room. Yeah, that's a good question. Although that's a good point. Although if if you look at this shot, even with this additional room, it seems pretty clear that the only place you can position the camera is in the normal line of traffic. In other right. words, along the way that my man Dave slash Scott is going to walk, they just have yeah. a camera positioned at the other end of this uh, particular room and are taping him as he walks in that direction. Did you notice how sweaty they were? Did I notice how sweaty they were? I did not. Oh, there. If you look closely... Oh, you mean like uh, on the face? Oh, yeah. So on this, their faces? This There's Radio some... Man. Maybe this is Radio Man. That could the be. Guy That's that we who see I at about second 20. Um, he's got lines, though. So I kind of have a feeling like he should probably be actually credited, but maybe not. Um, I, I think he's, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think he's Troy Hunter, also known as Radio Operator. Um, but yeah, he is, he is sweaty. Yeah. Um, and, do, you, and, and, do you think it's cold in there? Do you think or that's, hot? Do you think that's real sweat or Hollywood? first time watching it and actually probably about the time i started researching for this podcast i thought it was real you're gonna tell me it's fake it's fake yeah because uh guess what's what's in that room again uh rate uh radar radar computers don't like heat oh it's a good point yeah they have to keep the room cold or those uh computers and radar are not gonna work Okay, so why do you think Tony Scott has chosen to wet down his radar, his radio operator? Do you think it's to just to add tension to the scene? Yeah, because of the, the, yeah, the ensuing drama that's going to be happening. So this, the the last half of this minute is sort of where we get we get the the we get the scene set about sort of what's going to happen in yeah. kind of this first little section and i've been trying i know i'm just the rio so but i've been trying to do a little bit of research because they they throw a lot of lingo 
in this movie at you. Right. Um, just like a lot of other Tony Scott movies. They just, you mm. know, you're in media res, stuff is happening. He doesn't stop and spoon feed it to you. He expects you to catch up. So mm. like the first, the first term that we hear is ghost rider. I never knew what ghost rider meant until I started doing research for this podcast. Did you yeah. look that up too? Yes, I did. So apparently Ghost Rider is the squadron name. Yes. That not- Maverick and Cougar's uh, pair of F-14s belong to. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So they go by a squadron call sign instead of their personal call sign. I was not aware of that. I guess for some reason, I always thought Ghost Rider was just like a descriptive. Like when when the guy says negative Ghost Rider, the pattern is full. I thought he just meant like, negative you moron don't buzz the tower (laughs) right um okay so then the next thing that we hear is they talk about uh, inbound mustang Mm -hmm. um i think mustang is the call sign for the uss enterprise yes is that right i believe so too okay so if i understand this correctly what they're saying is that there so there's a inbound a bogey inbound mustang vector 090 means that these enemy planes are due east of the enterprise yes that's how I read this. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. And then Cougar and Maverick are out looking for this bogey. That's right. Or yes. Bogies. Bogies, maybe. <laughs> we'll see. Well, I've written down that 20 left at 30 miles, 900 knots closure. That's fast. Do you, would yes. this be a good time for us to break down? I actually, so, you know, I have no connection to the military, right? but I know what a knot is. Yes. Um, you want to explain that to our listeners? Well, a knot is like instead of on, you know, when you're on land, it's miles per hour. When you're on the sea is what they call nautical miles. So 900 knots is basically, it's not really a speed. It's a amount of distance you cover. Well, that is a, I mean, that is a speed. It's still a speed, but that's how it's defined by. So a a knot is a nautical, is one nautical mile per hour. Yes. Do you know where the term knot comes from? I do not. Well, well, uh, I, I would imagine it because it's um, nautical. I mean, something about water. Yeah, so I have this down for next week, but we might as well mention it now. Um, so a nautical mile, is, I so I have no military experience, but I did grow up with a dad who loved boating and tried mm-hmm. to get me into boating. I wish he could, um, but he did not. He's sadly no longer with us. Um, and I live in very not... Uh, nautical Connecticut. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't get a chance to do a lot of boating, but yeah. um, a nautical mile is a little bit more than an actual mile. It's actually yeah. 1.15078 miles. But yes. I actually think the nautical mile distance was determined. I, I think the term not came before the term nautical mile, because mm-hmm. my understanding is that where we get the term not from is the way that ships used to measure their speed. Mm-hmm. Like they literally would have this giant knotted rope and if you wanted to find out how fast you were going, you would just kind of toss it overboard and count how many knots got kind of sucked into the water in a given amount of time. And you're like, oh, we're going nine knots. And so it turns out that whatever the standardized distance between the knots on that rope was turned out to be 1.15078 miles. So that's what a knot is. But these guys are moving fast. These yeah. guys are going almost a thousand miles. Yeah, that's fast. That's moving. These guys are going to get to the ship quickly if something doesn't happen. Do you think that's fast for a fighter plane? 900 knots closure? Do you think that's average for a fighter plane or are they going fast? No, I'd say that's 
probably about an average speed, I guess. I wouldn't think, you know, that's just a normal cruising speed, you know, before they hit an afterburner. And of course, the, I mean, for all intents and purposes, compared to these planes, the aircraft carrier is essentially standing still. I mean, probably moving like at the most, I don't know, 15, 20 knots. So we got to, mm. we got to get uh, Ghost Rider needs to get on this real fast. <laughs> What did you think of the next? So the next shot I have down in my notes is we, before we even get to see our heroes, we get to see our enemy plane. What did you think of this shot? This is really our first shot in the air of planes. Uh What did you think of this plane? It's uh, different. It's painted all black. It has a red star on it. Very different, especially considering we're in the Indian Ocean in the middle of the 80s. Yeah, so I I am not an expert in vexillology, which is the mm-hmm. study of flags. Mm-hmm. My understanding is that this is not an actual nationality. Right. This is a fake plane, and the country that we are so threatened by is never identified. That's correct, and they did on a purpose. Okay, but clearly it's some sort of seemingly threatening country in this region. I don't know who in the Indian Ocean would have seemed threatening in the 1980s. Well, I mean, we was in the middle of the Cold War with russia right but russia's pretty and, far away to be menacing right, us in the indian ocean right but then Maybe, north, north korea was what, not very far either well what about iran yeah that's true or libya any of them in the, in the middle east yeah i think i i would probably put a little bit more faith in the iranian air force than in the mm-hmm. but it's uh i mean it's an interesting scene because it's completely silent all you hear is essentially the sound of rushing air which i feel actually does a pretty good job of sort of amping up the t- um like none of the we get we get zero dialogue or noise of any kind from our enemy in this whole opening scene right which which i actually think kind of, it kind of makes gives them sort of an inhuman feel mm-hmm. it kind of makes them feel a little more dangerous to me i think i don't know what do you think well you don't know who they are you kind of go back with the whole you know, Star Wars thing, it's a black plane and black is dark. Darth Vader and are they bad or, or are they not? Do you have the information in your notes about which planes these are? It's a, I know it's an F4. Vandal, I think that's but, right. And, but it's in the movie, it is going to be called a MiG-28. Right. And which is a plane that is non-existent. You mean never existed? Correct. Was made up for the movie? Yes. Why yeah, did they was, do that? Why did they well, do that? I don't know. Oh, they did have a MiG-29. That's but, weird. Yeah. Do you think they just that's just a scriptwriter's mistake? I don't know if it's so much a mistake because it, like, there was like seven iterations of the script that the Navy had to approve, and the Navy's you'd think would catch that. Well, the Navy allowed them to talk about the F-14s because obviously this right. movie is a big promotional vehicle for the Navy. Uh, but, it's just but, it's just weird that they wouldn't allow you to say MiG twenty nine, or right, or but maybe a MiG twenty nine is correlated with the Russians or the Iranians or the North Koreans or you know, and so they didn't want any kind of affiliation with a real world that could cause a real world scenario. Oh, uh, that's a good point to, to break out. You know what? That's fair. To, to, so they could just completely make them up. I guess so. Maybe they didn't want there to be any possibility that it was suggested that they were communicating an intelligence that they actually had about the real MiG. I don't know. 
Yeah, it could have been classified information, you know. I mean, it's I think it's it's a good opening aerial shot. Like first you see the tail fin, mm-hmm. then you see the wings and the business end of what look like, you know, air-to-air missiles. Um, and then you see a wide shot where you see the whole plane. Yeah. Um, I think I think as our first introduction to like, hey, we're actually gonna see planes flying in the air, this is a pretty good, pretty good setup. One thing that I will note, um, yeah, and I do think this is interesting if we want to sort of talk about the cinematography here. Mm-hmm. You were talking about how these guys are the bad guys. It's interesting that in this scene, the bad guys enter the scene from left to right and our good guys, which we're going to see at about second 45, uh, enter the shot from right to, right, left. Right, to left. Right. That is that is counterintuitive to the language of film, right? Mm-hmm. Typically here in the West, we think our good guys come in from the left and our bad guys typically come in from the right. I mean, I, am I crazy saying that? No, I, I, I can see what you're saying. I just think it's, it's, I don't, why do they do that? I mean, also not for nothing, but if, if you want to be really literal, our enemies are entering from the West, even though we know they're coming at us from the East mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, uh, Maverick and Goose are coming in from the East, even though we assume that they're heading or they're they're coming in from the east, even though we think that they're actually heading in that direction. Yeah, I don't know why they do that, but it worked. I mean, it makes you feel like they're actually going at each other. That that is true. I mean, the way that they present these two scenes clearly sets up the conflict, mm-hmm. sort of visual. Yeah, I have done in my notes when you watch this movie one minute at a time. Some of the plane scenes do not translate as well. Like I was given a lot of props to that first shot of the MIG. Mm-hmm. I feel like eight seconds of an F-14 slowly and silently moving from right to left is kind of boring. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. This minute gives us our first introduction to Stinger, right. a.k.a. James Tolkien, who appears oh. to be, I don't know what his position would be on the ship. Uh, Do you think he's the captain? Yeah, that is his official title. We'll bring that up later. The name Stinger never is said in this movie. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, is there anybody else like that in this movie who we'd never hear the name of? I can think uh, of one other person, but we actually see their name. We don't well, ever hear the name Sundown. My man right. Sundown that gets body slammed against an airplane right. by yeah. or uh, on the tarmac by uh, uh, Tom Cruise. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, if you didn't watch the credits, you would never know that that this is Stinger. Yeah. Yep. And I will say the, the one thing that I enjoy about Stinger in this minute is right off the bat, he lets us know that there should be something we should just be at least a little bit concerned about with Maverick and Goose. Yeah, because they say, who's up there? Cougar and Merlin and Maverick, Maverick and, and Goose. Goose. And he says, Maverick and Goose. Great. Great. Maverick and Goose. Yes. So there's something up with Maverick and Goose. Hmm, I wonder what that could be. We're going to have to wait till next week to find out, I guess, Brian. Although we do get a little bit of Maverick and Goose right yes. at the end of this minute, right? Yes, we do. Can I ask you a quick question? Sure. Since you are a military expert, uh-huh. um, we're going to talk more about this next week. But the the plastic things that they sometimes buckle in as part of their helmet that appear to, like, what exactly are those? Because in this minute, you know what I'm talking about, right? It's this black thing. It kind of dangles in front of their mouth. Yeah. Both Both Goose and Maverick have theirs unbuckled in this minute. Yeah. Do you know what those are? Yeah, that's your oxygen mask. That's an oxygen mask? Yes. Okay. So when and why would you need to wear it? Uh, so you could breathe 
Oh, thanks, Brian. <laughs> yeah. No, when you're when you're uh, cruising at thirty five thousand feet, there's little air. Oh. So you have to have the mask on. So you're saying because they don't pressurize the cockpit, their way of like staying oxygen. Yes. Yes. So this is a, a little example of that movie magic we were talking about versus real life. Shouldn't these guys have their masks on right now? All the time. Okay. But for movie purposes, so, you know, Tom Cruise guy who has this beautiful face and the smile and those teeth, they want to see that. But there, there are scenes where, they're, where they are wearing their masks. Oh, absolutely. Well, so, okay, that makes sense. Thank you for clearing that up. I understand that now. I always thought when I watched this movie that somehow those were their like radio communications microphones because it does seem like whenever they need to talk to the ship, right, they, they put it back on. They have to put it back on, and it also seems like the other thing that Tony Scott has decided he wants to use it for in this scene is like when you are it, he likes to use it for dramatic purposes, like yes. when you have become unhinged, yeah, you you rip your oxygen mask off. Right. Not in this minute, though. I mean, in this minute, these guys, they, they could not be more chill. Right. Yeah, because they're just trying to figure out what's going on. They don't have right. a, they're, they don't feel threatened yet. They do not. Well, our, our heroes, Maverick and Goose, I don't think are ever going to. You know what? I'm going to keep track now of when pilots in this movie feel like they need to buckle in. What altitude do you feel like would require them to wear their mask? Do you think pilots and Rios are just wearing their masks from takeoff to landing? For the most part, and for my wow. for my research, yes, for the most part, they're constantly wearing their mask. But every once in a while, when they get to a lower altitude, they can pull it off for a minute, get get a little bit of a break from the rubber on their face. That you know? would have well, as as someone who teaches at a boarding school and have, has had to wear the business end of a mask for yeah. the last two years, yeah, uh, I totally sympathize with these guys. But I'm really worried that now they've basically spent the whole movie with hypoxia. <laughs> that actually now i'm gonna i'm gonna go to bed tonight thinking about what interpretation you should give to this movie if you just assume that most of the pilots in this movie are suffering oxygen <laughs> well that's about all i've got from this for at the end of this minute you got yeah. anything else yeah well i don't have any more notes but i, I do want to mention one thing that i've people must have realized that this is a movie not a documentary just keep that in mind yeah, is there's a lot of stuff in this movie that is not for real. They can't do this stuff in real life, but for movie dramatic purposes, they made it happen. Brian, don't I know? Uh, I know. Don't Spo tell us how the sausage gets made. <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, this is this is a sports movie. Let's it's very clear. sports. This movie. is a sports movie. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, you have to you have to take some dramatic lights in order to make yeah. the, uh, the really enjoy. Yeah, and that and bring that up that's what uh you know the writers said when they were writing this movie they wanted to make it a a sports movie you know so keep that in mind as you're watching along one minute at a time well that's a week how do you feel brian now that we've been doing this for a week do you think we're going to do this for another 22 week well i hope so and yeah i hope so i want to do it i've been waiting to do this for a while so i'm excited getting over my nerves for doing this week spoilers this is the first podcast i've ever done well on our own i was a guest on the roadhouse minute a few weeks ago you were an excellent guest excellent. and you're doing great and look at it this way if you ever have to worry about being too nervous 
So far, you're handling things way better than Cougar. If you keep mm. that as your baseline, you you're gonna you're gonna shine. Thank you. Ghost Rider, this is Kaboon requesting you to like and subscribe and share with your friends. If you could, please rate and review me on your favorite podcasting apps. You can continue the discussion on Facebook at Top Gun Minute Listener School. Find us on Twitter at Top Gun Minute Pod. Send your emails to me at topgunminutepod at gmail.com. You can find us and all your other favorite movies done in this format at moviesbyminutes.com. Thank you again for listening, and until next time, this episode pattern is full.